podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Sam Keir, host of Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. For the past 12 months, I've been talking to T20 star David Visa, getting his take from behind the scenes at the IPL, the 100 and the rest of the world's biggest leagues. That's the Donnelly view system, DLS. There's no <laughs> ways in my mind that was up. These guys don't know how to win at this stage. He had his driver pick him up in his Bentley. People start chanting your name. You kind of have to pinch yourself. Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Sport Social. Welcome along to the Shackles Are Off podcast on tour. Um, wow, I mean, where do we start? We're in Cape Town. You might be thinking, what's that background noise? We're actually in the car coming back from Newlands, Chris Millard, aren't we? We are indeed. What a day we've had. It's been incredible. Off the back of England winning their first test match in Cape Town since 1957, we were actually lucky enough to go back to the scene of the crime, as it were, and get ourselves on the on the pitch and on the wicket and and basically try and create our own bit of history on there, didn't we? Um, it wasn't, surreal, the, absolutely. The standard surreal. wasn't quite as amazing, but the, the experience that we've just had has been amazing. The whole week has been brilliant, hasn't it? And we just want over the next um, however long of this podcast just to sort of talk to you about this week. And if you can't be with us out on tour make you try and live it a little bit if you can and we're going to hear from Darren Goff, Ramesh Ranganathan, Rob Beckett, Jonathan Trott, a few other folk as well. Um, you've been touring loads Chris haven't you with the Barmy Army since you've sort of been in your role and um, sort of prior to that as well. Where does this rank in terms of how special a week you've done Ashes tours and India and this has got to be right up there hasn't it? I think for one specific week on tour where we've had so much going on in so little time in Cape Town, which has got everything, absolutely everything, from the, the food and drink to the scenery to the wildlife and the culture. It's just such a stunning place to then throw in a test match at one of the most beautiful and best grounds in the world, and yet alone an England away win of a test match, which doesn't happen very often anymore. It's just remarkable and something special. It probably is probably the best test match week I've ever had on tour with the Barmy Army unless I'm, I'm forgetting something very obvious but I, I reckon it's going to be right up there if not number one for just such a incredible week for so many different reasons it's um yeah I've got to say I've been completely blown away my voice has gone you can probably hear that slightly and um, the content and stuff we've been putting out we, a lot of you've been following that from home I'm sure if you're listening at home it's been it's been quite amazing we've had Peter Kay dancing in the stand on day two yeah. which went went a little bit nuts uh, we, we, if you haven't seen that video of Peter Kay dancing in the stands just make sure you do because it's absolutely hilarious because if you don't think it's Peter Kay he has been away for a while uh, we, I genuinely thought it was him <laughs> at first. As I'm sure a lot of people did at home. Uh, Billy the Trumpeter playing, is this the way to have a real out? That, was, that went absolutely mental, didn't it? Um, 
also there was a few famous faces you had a couple of them in the stand with you um didn't yeah. you sat with you and, and they, yeah. they had good fun Romesh Ranganathan and Rob Beckett two of Britain's they, favorite comedians fair play to them they were absolutely outstanding as blokes and as comedians they were just integrated really well they, they obviously came in for a show for Sky One that they're going to be released middle of next year but to have two high profile people in the stands with the Barmy Army was just shows how far we've come over the last few years but how big and how huge the support is for English cricket overseas for those guys to come out and recognise it and to spend time with us learn the songs learn the banter and just get up and get, get stuck in and for Sky to want to do that I think it's testament to how far England cricket's coming and the fans have been the Barmy Army have it was um, it was great and you, you had a chat to Romesh as well because obviously they get to go around and film all these uh, you know amazing things and whatever and there was a moment wasn't there where you kind of looked at him and were like I'm getting, you know, this is this is what I do for a job. <laughs> yeah, we had an argument actually. It was like a, a mini argument that was quite funny. Who who had the better job? <laughs> and and I think he was telling me that he was telling his wife this morning he was off to work and and she was like, "Where are you going? Oh, I'm I'm going to Newlands to watch cricket." And and I was like, oh, "Well, funnily enough, I say that to my missus as well." So it, we we um, were standing up singing a song and halfway through I just went, "Rom." This is me working right now. Right now. <laughs> he just went, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's brilliant. Well, actually, after seeing you sort of having loads of fun with him in the stands, I managed to go up to the box where they were and they were doing a bit of filming and all the Sky production team were situated and they were really, really good. And they let me have a little chat to them. And uh, this is exactly how the conversation went. It's amazing who you bump into at the cricket, isn't it? And I'm with two guys now who you probably will know, but not really associated with being here. Um, fresh off a couple of hours in the sun with the Barmy Army, got Rob Beckett. Hello. How are you, mate? Nice to see and you. Ramesh Ranganathan. Hello, how you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Big cricket fans, I've heard. Um, well, no, <laughs> this is the reason we're doing the documentary. We don't know anything, so we're trying to find out about it. You know a bit more than me, but. Yeah, um, my dad was a big I, cricket fan, so nice. I, but I, I'm a novice. I'm a novice. Yeah. But we're learning. Rob knows absolutely nothing. But they, they welcomed you in, didn't they, into the stand earlier? How was that? I'm going right? yeah. to be honest with you, you know, you've got a perception of the Barmy Army. Mm. And I sort of found I found the perception of them like a bit intimidating. I didn't think they were going to be welcoming. I thought it was going to be a bit sort of aggressive. And I'll be honest, they gave they gave us a bit of stick, but it was all friendly. Yeah. And I actually thought they were very welcoming. I was pleasantly surprised. I'll be honest. Yeah, with but you. that's because they didn't sing songs about you. No. No, they, no. they said uh, Rob Beckett's got big teeth and he's just a shit James Corden. So <laughs> I didn't feel as well. Neither of those things inaccurate. No. If they if they were given what which ones are? Well, the teeth are big, and uh, I'd argue the Corden is bigger if, and better. Than if it. you were going to think of a song to sing about him, to sing in the Barmy Army, what would it be? I can't tell where he's looking. <laughs> can't tell where he's looking. It'd be something like that, wouldn't it? <laughs> His eyes on the crease and the bat. <laughs> so this program that you're making, when's it going to be out, guys? going to be out later this year so it's on the back of the World Cup we're sort of trying to look at cricket the phenomenon of cricket and you know it feels like you know cricket is trying to as a sport is trying to get new fans in and trying to get younger people in and you know test cricket's great but arguably it's not got as much appeal to new fans and outsiders coming in so we're sort of looking at the whole phenomenon and sort of exploring whether people, more people should be getting into yeah. it. Yeah, it's Have you brushed up on all the cricket trivia? Like who's your favourite England captain and all that stuff? No. no. Do you reckon you will be there after? Become a bit of a badger? I don't know that about... So badger, I know this, a badger's like a keynote, right? Yeah. All right. He's got... Rock, he's doing far more. I mean, is it? I'll be honest, I'm here for a beer and a sit down. <laughs> is a badger a compliment or an insult? No, so it's, it's like a. 
depends what you do with it. It's a term of endearment, really. Oh, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you a badger? I'm a badger, yeah. yeah. I've worked for the Barmy Army, of course I'm a badger. But the implication of badger suggests like, it's all the gear, no idea. Do you yeah, know what I mean? It's a bit like, like oh, okay. Do you feel affinity with actual badgers, or is it completely separate? <laughs> do you never see a badger and think, <laughs> yeah. that's what I am, but different? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I look at one and think, yeah, that's, that's me. Um, it's a bit What's like... What's your view on the badger cult? <laughs> I, I have got no view. Okay. Well, it, it, get rid of people like political. Me. It's political. <laughs> you came in for light-hearted chat. I don't want you to lose. Down in a beer. <laughs> I don't want you chat. to lose Barmy Army fans by being pro or against the Badger cult. Yeah. They love a cult of Barmy Army, yeah. don't they? Absolutely. Oh, not. that's that's that's, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. not, that's not. He, he wants badgers there. Not me. <laughs> His words, not mine. Um, lads, thank you so Cheers, much. Fantastic. I hope you really enjoyed that as thank well. Thank you so much, man. You're in the army now. That's it. Barmy Army, you're very welcome, and thank you very much. I've just got something We're going to end this on us losing a win. Well done, Typical. Look at that, he's ruined it. Uh, Ramesh and Rob there, uh, that, really good. You can watch that legends, full chat as well. Really, Absolute really good blades. legends. I just thought they um, came across really well and they really got stuck into the cricket as well, so I can't wait to watch that show. Yeah, it's good. Out later this year, apparently, so we're told, on Sky. Also... That wasn't a plug, by the way. It, it, was, it really wasn't. We're not big enough to do a plug for Sky. <laughs> no. <laughs> who, do we, who do we think we are? <laughs> uh, we could pretend it was. We pretend we are big enough. OK, we might edit this out, but then we probably won't. So if you hear this, we've left it in. Um, <laughs> I was going to say... Um, Sky living June, July... Um, yeah, yeah, we'll do. What else would you we, say? Because we don't really know what it is. We also, yeah, what a week for Dominic Sibley as well. Because at the start of the week, there was he was under a little bit of pressure despite being a young lad and obviously having loads of quality, but he'd not yeah. really done it. And then he's just 133, not out. Thanks very much. Sibley, the best. Yeah, that was. I've heard. Yeah, no, he's um, no, he he's applied himself really well. He he set that win up very well. He he let the boys have a rest. Jimmy and Brody have a. Have a long rest, um, which doesn't happen um, that often. They they are they bowl a lot of overs um, when they're overseas, but he he was the reason that he anchored the innings and let people bat around. I thought it was quality innings, really was. It was probably a match-winning innings, and that was certainly the view of his former Warwickshire teammate and former England's number three. Jonathan Trott, I actually bumped into him walking around the ground. He had a beer in his hand, and I decided to have a little chat with him and ask him what he thought of Sibbers. Achievements. Um, Trotty, we're just up here, we've got a great view, and you've just seen your Warwickshire teammate, pal, buddy, fellow batsman make his first ever Test Century. What do you think of it? Yeah, very good. And it's a fantastic place to do it. I'm very happy for him and, um, you know, envious that he's got 100 at, uh, at Newlands, the place, the, the country, that sort of town I grew up in and, 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 and learned the game. and. Um, so I'm very happy for him that uh, he's managed to do that and, and hopefully it gives him a lot of confidence in the position as an opener because it, it's, it's a tough position to play and he's, he's got some good deliveries um, this series that it unfortunately hasn't gone on and got the score and Centurion and he's worked really hard his game. So whenever somebody does that, you're very, very chuffed for them and you know they, he's getting his rewards now. And what's that feeling like? As, as I was kind of watching him and he was sat on 99, mm. I, I can't actually imagine it. Well, yeah, it's an interesting one. You know, sometimes because he's, he's, because he's it's a habit and he, because he's done that habit of getting a lot of hundreds at Warwickshire, it's not something, yes, it's test cricket, so it is new in that sense, but the, the, the habit or the art of batting a, a long period of time like, he had, like we've seen him do now, 
you know, the way he's gone about it. And, and he's had people come in, in and around him and play attacking. And we saw at the start, Crawley was very attacking. Root was very attacking. Denley was attacking. Stokes was attacking. But he just held his nerve. And sometimes for a young guy, that can be quite hard. That You feel like you have to play differently to what's made you successful. Um, but he hasn't done that. And he's, he's stuck to his guns and, um, and, and played the best way that he knows that he can play. And England are very, very happy for the fact that he's done this and got them in a position. Hopefully they can win the Test match. Jonathan Trott. Always good to hear from the big man, and sometimes people forget how good he was for me. He was England's number three. I think we've missed that for a long time, but what a, what a nice fellow as well. Been on the pod before, got a new gig, touring away with England cricket, still managed to come to these nice places, eh? Doesn't do, do bad for himself. He does. He's a really good bloke as well, Trotty. Um, he is, um, yeah, he's just spot on, isn't he? Really enjoyed seeing him just mincing around the ground as well, chatting to people. <laughs> mincing around. <laughs> mincing around. He'll hate me for saying that as well. I will, I will ask him if he enjoyed you calling him a mince. <laughs> Don't do that, please. In fact, we won't see him until we're back in the summer anyway. Um, quickly as well, you know, we'll, we'll talk about you know the, the the players and the contribution that they've all made. We talked about Dominic Sibley there. 2019 was Ben Stokes' year, and we're only one test into 2020, and it already looks like it's going to be his year as well, doesn't it? He wins World Cups, he single-handedly wins an Ashes Test, he's been appointed an OBE, he won Sports Personality of the Year. He's a Don't sing. No, I won't sing. I'm shit. I'm shit at singing. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, he um, he also wears. Budgie smugglers whilst playing. As I did today whilst hitting my several sixes at Newman's, I just thought again I was wearing the Dickie Bird budgie smugglers. I wonder, I'm surprised it's taken you this long into the podcast <laughs> for you actually bring that up. Um, that's where the similar, uh, similarities end between you and Ben Stokes. But then actually, well, no, you hit I was batting with Ben as well. Stokes. Right. Sorry, I was batting with James Stokes, his brother at the other end, so there's another similarity. Yeah, no, this is, yeah, he's going badly wrong for me, this actually. Well done. <laughs> if, if, if that's what you're after. <laughs> Do the math though. A budgie smuggler's the winning formula, I reckon they probably are. Um, he wears them underneath <laughs> his, uh, his whites whilst he's on the field. I think we should probably ship him a fresh pair for the remaining games if he's going to carry on going like that because they're probably a bit manky by now, aren't they? Yeah, I, I reckon he's got a lot of wear out of his smugglers. He bats for a long time, doesn't he? <laughs> he does, he does. Um, you can go to Barbie Arby, hashtag custom smugglers to find out a little bit more about budgie smugglers as well. Um, yeah, amazing. Also, we had a really good chat, didn't we, with one of the, you think that a couple of the people, best blokes in cricket, um, are Steve Harmison and the other one is come on you said this to me the other day Darren Goff yes you Steve Harmison the best bloke in cricket I reckon I've met a lot of people in cricket and as a genuine bloke and like a good lad Harmy wins it but Goffy's come close for me now he's just a great bloke isn't he? he's spot on yeah we had a little chat with him on the gantry as well it was pretty cool that wasn't it set on the TV gantry um, yeah. talk sport because we do a little bit of you know sort of partnership stuff with them they said hey come up and we had a little look around the studio and, and, and all that kind of stuff and we were really lucky to be able to do that because it's, it's I mean amazing access there's all these people wandering around Unbelievable. and uh, Goffy was really good he gave us a few minutes of his time and he talked about everything didn't he from he's, his... he's been the, the England coach recently and he so it was insight from like broadcasting yeah. perspective, but also from inside the England camp. Yeah, he's good. He's got a few stories as well. And this is when Chris and I spoke to Darren Goff at Newlands. <laughs> okay, so we're here actually on a lovely balcony here at Newlands on the Shackles Rock podcast. Um, and it's Talk Sports Darren Goff. How are you, Goffy? Yeah, I'm all right. It's been a it's been a long week, hasn't it? Christmas, New Year. We're into the second Test match here at Cape Town. I think so far we've had six wonderful days, four up in Pretoria, two here, we're now into the third day's play. It's been absolutely outstanding, I've really enjoyed it. 
Support's been really good as well, particularly in Cape Town. So many English. Awesome. Was it like that when you were playing? Yeah, absolutely. Listen, it's iconic, isn't it? I mean, uh, some of the grounds you go around uh, the world. I think Melbourne and Sydney are outstanding. We've got here in Cape Town. Another one uh, with where England get great support is Barbados. And to play in those test matches are very, very special. You've heard the noise here throughout the tour. Uh, the Barmy Army, like I said, a few of them were there in Pretoria, but come here, Cape Town, it's just been unbelievable. It's literally like playing on home soil. Uh, the noise, and you see the appreciation yesterday from the lads this morning, and they sang Jerusalem, Joe Root, straight after that first over, uh, give them a huge round of applause, and it's usually appreciated from all the players. They, they actually enjoy playing in these iconic grounds where the England fans come along in their thousands and thousands and thousands to enjoy the 19 rand to the pound. <laughs> it is 19 rand to the pound. You've got a different role as well this week. Absolutely. Just to rewind the clock, though, to when you had an even different role back to the New Zealand tour, obviously you've been with TalkSport for quite a while, but you were with the, in, in the England dressing room. How was that? Um, yeah, listen, it was great. It was a three-week holiday. I, I looked upon <laughs> it as a, it was a consultancy role. Um, it's very difficult to go in there and start saying, do this, do that, do this, do that. It was all a bit there. They wanted my personality around some of the players. The, the coaching staff, they've got pretty quiet. Uh, they all pretty much the same personality. Obviously, my personality, I'm quite lively. Um, I bring some comedy to the dressing room. And also a lot of knowledge and playing a lot of test match cricket, a lot of one-day international cricket and, and getting a lot of wickets. And it was good to, good to work, with, work with some of the guys. I mean, I did a lot of work with Chris Wokes, which I really enjoyed. Uh, someone who realised um, he's got to improve his away record in test matches. Such a wonderful record in England, such a good bowler. But for some reason, um, uh, well, I know the reasons, but going, when he goes abroad, he's found it very, very difficult uh, to take wickets. So... What we saw from him when he got the opportunity was he running a lot quicker, he bowled a lot quicker, he bowled a fuller length, and he looked dangerous, didn't he? So I'm, I'm glad. Reward, right? Yeah, I'm glad with the work I did with Chris Wokes. Did a lot of work with uh, Saqib Mahmood as well, another youngster, not yet played in a Test match, but someone over the next two years might get an opportunity when uh, Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad finally decide to call it a day or they get retired. <laughs> They'll go until they can't walk them, Gothby. You know, it's, it's ridiculous, really, because we, we keep saying it, and I've said it on air, you know, I hate saying it because they're such great and iconic names and bowlers. But at some point, Joe's going to split them up, and it's going to be very, very difficult. If you keep moving forward and wanting to be the best team in the world, that's got to happen at some point. Port Elizabeth, we could see one of them be left out, and it'll be interesting to see what does happen there. Um, but so far, this series, first test, they didn't bowl well. But here in Cape Town, they have absolutely been outstanding. I know prep wasn't ideal, was it, as well? I mean, can you remember anything like that when you were on tour? Anything that brought the whole squad not down? Se not like self-inflicted. No, yeah, not self-inflicted. There's been plenty of them. I think when it comes down to it, we actually bowled too much before we got into a first test. I remember going to Australia in 94, my first tour. I think we played four first-class matches before the first test, and that's why I think we had ended up with 12 people going home injured before before the end of the test series. It's ridiculous. So it's gone from one extreme to the other, where now the preparation is almost like one three-day three-day game, and after that you're straight into test cricket. And if you don't get the work load in in that three-day game, you're going into all these matches cold because they tend to be back to back to back. And it's very difficult. And so when, a, when something like that runs through the England team where they had an illness, 
You had Stuart Broad taking the wrappers off his shirts on the first day of the test match. He'd not bowled a ball yeah. on the outfield. Well, he bowled a ball on the outfield, but he'd not bowled a ball in an actual proper game leading up into that test match. So it was always going to be difficult for them. Um, but listen, if we win this test match, it doesn't matter. It's one on in a series going to Port Elizabeth. South Africa, it was where you played your last test series for England, wasn't it? All some happy memories here. Well, coming to South Africa, first tour, 95, um, wasn't so good. I didn't, I didn't bowl very well, actually. I'd had a great start to my test career. Um, done well in Australia, did well against South Africa in England and New Zealand. Then come to South Africa, and it was a disappointing tour for me. I found it very difficult. I just couldn't get any rhythm. I was in the midst of changing my action after I picked up an injury in Australia. Dominic Court was the outstanding bowler on that tour for us. I came back here in 99, um, had a real good tour actually, I got 20 odd wickets, 5 for in Johannesburg um, and it was a very good series, closely fought, mainly remembered for the Anzi Kronje, uh <laughs> debacle mm. at uh, Supersport Park where a lot of leather jackets thrown around. Um, <laughs> and then my last series was literally a series I wasn't supposed to play in, I'd um, missed all 2002 after getting injured in New Zealand. I played in a one-day series and did really, really well. Um, and they brought me back for the test match, where because they had three, or th I think three or four injuries when I was supposed to be resting. Played two tests. Graham Smith got two doubles. I uh, decided to retire after the Lord's Test. Michael Vaughan's first test as captain. But then they brought me back again um, to basically be, K be KP's bouncer uh, for a one-day series over in 2003, <laughs> four. Um, and I had a good tour again, one day series, I'd retired from Test Creek then and KP's first series, 300s he got in that series, he was wow. absolutely magnificent um, and I had a good tour as well. So age 34, 35 I managed to scrape another couple of years of one day at national cricket. And then, and then touring now has taken a different turn, but you were away from the game for a little while, would be it with TalkSport, how do you find touring again in, in a different capacity, but you enjoying it still? Well, it's a lot more expensive, actually, um, now I'm a commentator, because you tend to enjoy yourself a little bit more. You're almost like a fan. Yes, you have to be on the ball, you have to work and things, but I've got the opportunity to bring all my family and my friends are, are out here. Uh, we've got a box here in the Cape. There's 22 of us here all together, uh, and it's fantastic. So to come back to cricket after a gap, I think I needed that gap. And I, yeah. Some people do. I mean, I give it my all when I played and and enjoying myself and it was a great lifestyle I was very lucky to have enjoyed it for many many years but it comes to a point uh, where I just needed to be away from cricket for a while I obviously followed it and watched every single game I could possibly could whether it be county cricket, test cricket, one day international cricket, yeah. T20 um, but I was itching to get back in and when TalkSport got the rights it was the perfect opportunity to start enjoying touring life again I don't like being away as much as I used to I think the shorter the tours uh, for me the better yeah. And, and this is quite a good one it's, um, because it's, it's, it's a tour where a lot of family can come out and enjoy it. It's such a great country to visit. And it's my, in fact, it's my fifth time to South Africa um, of 2019, obviously we're in 2020 now, but I, I, it was my fifth time of coming here this year. I love this country. It's quality. Goffey, thanks so much, mate. Really appreciate it. Coverage, by the way, really good. Really enjoying it. Lots of good feedback as yeah, well from Yeah, I think it's great to have relevant people covering cricket overseas it's really nice for the listeners I think it's been different I think listen we, we, we all fans of BBC I'm, I'm not going to stand here and slag BBC off they do a terrific job and have done for many years and growing up as a kid I used to listen it and 
um, used to be fascinated by it. But what we try to do, we're not trying to be them, we're trying to be totally different. We have got players who have got great records of playing for their country. Um, we try to stick to cricket. Um, you know what I mean? We obviously got people who do the lifestyle bits and talk about the mountain, the tabletop, mountain in the background and the lovely scenery around Cape Town and the buses in London and all that stuff. <laughs> but we try to stick to the cricket and we've got a lot of test match wickets and runs uh, in the commentary box. With the help of having Sean Pollock and Kevin Peterson who have joined us for this um, test series. It's been absolutely brilliant. Graham Smith was supposed to be doing it, obviously, but <laughs> become the director of cricket. But getting Pollock, Pollock in... Uh, been really good. We was, oh, you were just doing a stint with him, weren't you, just before yeah. we, we sat down to do this, he was taking the mick out of you. Oh, yeah, they all take the mick out of me. I mean, that's why, because I, I, I take it as well, and uh, it's good fun. And KP, obviously, I know, I've known a long time, I was his best man when he got married, and he's great, because uh, he's outspoken, he'll say it as it is. Um, and, and we have got people in the commentary box who do do that. You've got myself and Steve Armisen. We argue like cat and dog, uh, but we're both opinionated, both passionate about our country, and um, it's good when we have those sort of debates. And Matt Butcher is a calming influence. Um, Has he got his guitar out yet? Uh, no, he hasn't. Uh, he has got a guitar with him and his golf clubs, and I've not seen... Uh, I saw the golf clubs once, uh, but I've not seen the guitar. Some nice courses as well round here. Is that a good bit about South Africa? We need to have a game. We need to have a game, actually. Absolutely. Well, do you know something? Everything about, like I said, when I talk about being out here, uh, this is my fifth time out here. After this test match, the beautiful thing about South Africa, and my biggest passion in life now is the rhino conservation. Um, and straight from here, I finish on the 8th. I fly up to a place called Nelspruit, um, which is about three hours' drive from Johannesburg. Um, and I go to Sabi Reserve. Um, and I spend a few friends there um, in the bush on the safari searching for the big five which you often find and then I spend a day at uh, the charity I, I do a lot of work for me and my wife Anna Care for Wild we got our bigger event next year in, in April just about sold it, sold it out already yeah. and it's a rhino orphanage and honestly mate it's fascinating to see this wonderful animal up close and, and it, I'm gobsmacked still to this day how such a wonderful creature can be shot to death just for a, a piece of horn which has no medical, <laughs> it doesn't improve your life Absolutely. at all. People say, oh, it, it, it's a sign of wealth and you stick it up there on your mantelpiece or it does things to your... Uh, male organs that um, yeah. you know what I mean or it cures cancer it's absolutely ridiculous you're better off just biting your fingernail because that's all it is yeah yeah correct absolutely I think hey. the event in April as well we'll be supporting in some form of capacity um, so if you want to give it a, is it a golf day it's a golf day at, uh, at the Shire um, uh, down south uh, near London it's in Barnet and then I have an event after at uh, the, the Grove You've all been there, we're at England uh, football team. Yeah, it's an amazing venue, got a black tie dinner there. So I'm already up to uh, 18 teams for the golf. I can do a maximum of around 22. And on the dinner, we're, it's a maximum of 350, and I think we're up to 310 already. So not Brilliant. much space left, but Great it's news. gone really well, and it's good to see people in England supporting the South African charity. By the time we put this podcast out, you might have already sold them, Darren. <laughs> thanks a lot mate cheers for, cheers for that really oh, appreciate it thanks guys cheers, thanks man. for your support appreciate it Darren Goff there he's great he's such a good guy Goffy isn't he? and the good thing was we had a good old chat with him there and then afterwards 
he said he needed to get off but we ended up sitting and talking to him for another 20 minutes about all kinds of stuff didn't we he's yeah, properly probably good. stuff that can't be broadcast but <laughs> well that's why I think most of the mic was off <laughs> so yeah. yeah sorry we can't share any of that with you unfortunately um, sorry podcast listeners maybe another time um, but I mean just just looking back on the game because if you're listening at home you'll probably been watching it or listening to it on the talk sport coverage or whatever it may be and you'll have heard the noise on the grass bank and in the stand where the Barmy Army was situated, Billy the Trumpeter was there and there was just flocks and hordes of people. And it was not just on the Barmy Army section, it was all around the ground. It was ridiculous, wasn't it? Absolutely. It was going on as we normally do after Adger's song, sorry, the Everywhere We Go song. It's um, synonymous with the Barmy Army in England cricket. And the fact that this one went on for 50 minutes wasn't a surprise to some, but it was a surprise to most. It does happen every four or five years where the Barmy Army just getting a little bit of a routine and brick the sway and it just carries on. And you thought at the moment in time in the game, in between the lunch and tea session, you thought that the game had turned a little bit into the South Africans' favour where we thought, OK, they've done really well here, Quinton de Kock and Vanderson to bat through and you think, OK, they're going to probably do this now, aren't we? We're going, approaching tea and we've got no idea of how to get them out. However, the Barmy Army were 20 minutes into singing Joe Roots, Barmy Army, Joe Roots, Barmy Army, and yet they weren't even halfway through. So <laughs> we were in the stands giving it our all. And I think if you're a player and you hear that for 50 minutes in the sweltering heat, your fans singing Joe Roots, Barmy Army, for that matter, it must give you a buzz going into tea. It must give you some momentum, surely. It must do. I, I can't quite imagine that. And obviously, you know, the songs, the individual songs as well, it's brilliant. And there was two more people as well, weren't there, who experienced that for the very first time? There was indeed. Our token comedian friends are back at it. They were, they, um, they had something to say about the Barmy Army inspiring the boys. Brilliant! What an ending! They so they're all like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we've been spoiled a little bit. But the last time was 1956, wasn't it? But you had a good time. That was amazing. It was so weird because I. Because when we thought it was going to be, a, it looked like it was going to be a draw for such a long time, and then you're almost sort of, you're almost disengaged. You think this is done, but the Barmy Army, even when it looked like it was a lost cause, kept on going the whole way yeah. through. I've got, I've got to hold my hands up and say that is a level of support you barely see. Yeah. It's amazing. Incredible. I mean, amazing. I could have done with less of the your shit game called. No, I could have more of that. More I love that. That's my favourite thing about the Barmy <laughs> Army. Cheers, guys. Rob and Ramesh again. <laughs> they wandered around the boundary. They just—I don't think they knew what was going on, did they? To be fair, mate. No, they didn't. I, I think they were so shocked. They've, they know we travel all over the world, and they know we sing songs for the boys. I think they were very surprised with the extent of the singing and how we probably don't ever stop where other people singing songs might stop. So, no, testament to all the guys in the stands that kept that song going. Thank you all. It was class. Another man who had his thanks as well was a guy who has played for England. It's, he got his only England fifer on Cape Town, on Newlands. Worth and noting that I also got him out today. <laughs> if you want to put that in, you can put it in. But I, yep, Chris Millard, wicket-keeping, part-time batsman for a very average club in Sheffield. It sounds like he's going to have to blooming pick you at this rate. You're in sixes at Newlands, he got him out. We're talking about you Chris Silverwood, obviously. There's no more budget left for, to bring anyone else out for the tour. So if I was bowling good enough fast spin, then I would be in contention. So you never know. Good grief. We might be, I might be doing this podcast on my own next time. <laughs> Chris Silverwood was wandering around the boundary afterwards and came over and gave the Barmy Army a big clap, didn't he? And um, here he is. He was talking to Toby Marriott on the outfield. What a fantastic test match and what a victory for the boys. Sum it up for us. Uh, 
Mate, from start to finish, it's been absolutely fantastic. We had a, you know, a tough couple of weeks leading into this, uh, but to see the boys come out and perform as they did today, uh, or over the last week, has been fantastic. And see the youngsters out there, four of them under 22, going out and every one of them doing their part. Uh, and obviously Jimmy, Brody, everybody else, been a real team effort. Uh, and I'm really proud of all of them. Complete team effort, including the Balmy Army. Balmy Army, awesome as always. You almost turned this into a home game for us. We really appreciate your support, um, so please keep it up. Thank you so much. Thank you. Chris Silverwood, first Test winners coach as well. He must be absolutely buzzing. What a time, what a place to get that first win. Because right. everything against him as well, like this team falling ill and some injuries left, right and centre, but they've still managed to pull out a famous win at Newland. Shows how good this England side really are when they, when they put it on. Just fantastic. He must be so, so thrilled. And also came down to our games today, didn't he? And brought his lads. And Xander his... and Harry. Yeah. Good lads. Get, got really stuck in. And we had a, few, a little court and bowl from the young youngster getting the big brother out. And then dad coming in to face him. So now, lovely to have them all down. Yeah, really good family. And uh, so down to earth. Fantastic. Cheers, Chris, for that. And um, yeah, thanks for the support. Um, we, we, we just had such an amazing week. We could waffle on about how Great. brilliant it's been so far. Pull you up on something. What? You say it amazing a lot. For any of our listeners that watch our content <laughs> and watch the videos that we put out, please listen out of how many times James Gregg says amazing. If someone gets it right for a whole day and it goes to the effort of counting it, I will give them a very good prize, which I don't know what it is yet, but it, it could be a trip away. Oh dear, I'm going to have to spend the next few days it, it before... It will be an amazing prize. <laughs> I'm going to have to spend the next few days before Port Elizabeth... Uh... Trying to just trying to get that out of my vocabulary. There's the th but the thing is, it hasn't been amazing. So that's why I keep, <laughs> genuinely that's why I keep saying it. If it's not, I wouldn't say it. Um, we also we had sort of a bit of an idea as well, didn't we, about the bushfires, which is obviously affecting yeah. people in Australia. Just talk to people about that because people won't really have been aware of it back home. I don't think. No, so what we did, we, we have often raise money for topical or relevant um, causes that need money raising for them while we're on tour and there's no, there's no, um, nothing more relevant right now than the bushfires in Australia, obviously absolutely devastated the country and it's really sad to see a place that we go every four years and yes, we've got our rivalries on the pitch and yes, we take it very seriously, our songs and everything, but let's be honest, we all love Australia. We all love Australia. We love going there and we love touring there. And to see it being devastated so much is a really, really um, horrifying to most of the Barmy Army members, a lot of the people. So we thought we'd have a collection at tea during day four where we had um, six bags going around the stadium with all the staff out on, per, uh, on patrol, just raising awareness and, and raising money as well. So we had a collection and we raised 32,500 rand. So thank you all for your donations and look, a, a little bit can make a difference. So anyone else still wishing to donate, check out our Facebook page where you can find out um, where, where we've donated the money and how you can get involved as well. Yeah, here, here, yeah, to that because it was it was just kind of on a whim, wasn't it? We thought, well, we need, you know, and we we nip round, and people were literally tipping their wallets into it. And I was thinking, do you not need do you not need those rand? But clearly, they obviously understand that the people in Australia need them a little bit more than them at this moment in time. So yeah, so thank you very, very much um, for you know all your donations if you're in the ground it was fantastic. Um, that is pretty much all from us. You're probably wondering where the shackles or off podcast has been. Um, 
there's just I mean we'll be completely honest here won't we um, we, we had a very busy summer we had the World Cup going on we then had the small matter of the ashes um, and we and <laughs> just the small matter of the ashes the small matter of the ashes the small matter of the ashes. <laughs> small matter of the World Cup it's been a really quiet year obviously last year um, but then we um, also Brooksy our, our esteemed uh, fast bowling co-host um, he also has made a move to Somerset um, so doing very well doing well first part of last season good exactly. lad exactly he struggled a bit with an injury but he's um, yeah so so basically loads of different things so really we're just, we're just sorry yeah, for not putting any more out we'll be sticking one out after Port Elizabeth as well maybe a couple more straight after that uh, but thank you so much for downloading and listening if you've made it this far well done because I certainly won't be able to listen to me and Chris uh, prattle on for this amount of time but it's great for, to hear from Goffey great to hear from Robin Mesh as well um, and also from Trotty Chris Silverwood been <laughs> been quite a strong return to the old podcast scene I think Christian I think what a great start we, we won't leave it so long I promise you that we're hopefully going to get you another podcast out in Port Elizabeth yep and um, if you are coming out to Port Elizabeth we will see you there and at home all the support is always greatly appreciated show us where you're watching from and all that kind of thing on our social media channel The Barmy Army on Twitter England's Barmy Army on Instagram and also just search for England's Barmy Army on Facebook thanks so much for listening and we'll see you again in Port Elizabeth Network.